You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I can't believe that 2019 is coming to a close, but something that we're really excited about for 2020, for 2020, um, you heard Caleb mention it, we're doing something called 21 Days of Prayer. And what this is, is we're just saying, hey God, in the first part of the year, we wanna give our very first part of the year to you. So we're just taking three weeks and we're gonna focus individually. So this is something that you can be praying for things in your life, maybe things that you're believing God for, things that you really need God to intervene on your behalf. So you can take some time and just really focus on prayer and believe in God for those. And then also as a church, we're going to come together and there's some things that we're believing for as a church family that God's going to do for us. And we have seen God do that. We did this at the beginning of 2019. And I can say without a doubt, we saw people's lives and individually we saw God move in our lives. And we saw definitely in a church family, we've seen God do that on our behalf as a church. And so we're going to challenge you with that. If you have any questions about that, there'll be communications and email. You won't be able to miss it, but you can go to the website and it's right on there. It says 21 days of prayer and there's all kinds of information on there, how you can play a part, how you can jump in there at at any level. We're really excited about that. So today we are in uh, our Joy of the World series, and we're really talking about Christmas. And I'm so excited to share the Christmas story with you. And we don't have time to unpack the entire Christmas story, but we really, we get it. Like most of us know, we grew up in a culture that celebrates Christmas, and we really have an idea of the Christmas story. And even at the beginning of the the message today, at the beginning of this um, when we got here, you saw the video with all the little nativity pieces, right? And we, we kind of get it, right? We have the idea of Mary and Joseph who have to travel far. They have to go to Bethlehem. We get the, the picture of Mary riding on the donkey, right? They have to take a long journey. And then the, 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 the shepherds show up, the star. We get all those things, the wise men. So many of us understand the, the Christmas story and what was happening. But what I really want to help us understand today is we take a look at the story of Christmas. And honestly, the story of Christmas is all about Jesus's birth. Christmas is all about, it's his birthday, and we're talking about how God is personal and how he intervenes in our life. Sometimes when we read the Christmas story, we we might miss this, and so I want to pull our attention to it a little bit today about how God is a God that intervenes in a personal way in our lives. Now, some of you um, know me, some of you may not know me at all, and uh, you might know a little bit about my family, and so I've been married to my wife, Christy. uh, We've been married 15 years this year. We had our 15-year anniversary. I know you guys are thinking, you're like, man, you got married at 10. You're so young. Um, So we've been married 15 years now. We've got three girls at home, Braylon, Lily and Cora. Uh, the youngest is three, and then the older two are t- uh, nine and 11, right? I think I got that right. Um, but they're, they're getting big. It's hard to keep track. And so I'm so thankful for my marriage, so thankful for my family. And if you have kids, if you have a family, you know how challenging it can be. But man, you know on the flip side of that what a blessing it can be. And we're so thankful for the blessing that God has given us children. We're so thankful that we've made it 15 years in marriage because that, that's a challenge in itself. But God has been so faithful to us. But as I, I look back and I remember and I reminisce the story of, of how we met, and it was, it was a long time ago, over 15 years ago now, right? A decade and a half that we, we met 
parents. And I, I remember meeting Christy. And, and for me, I, I never really dated a lot in high school and college. And I was just finishing up college and um, met Christy. And we just kind of like, you know, you know what it's like when you meet someone. You know, everyone's got their story and how that works out. And just we kind of met each other and it like hit off really quick. And, and things like accelerated really fast to like the point where like we're talking about getting married and we never even like popped the question. I don't know if you've been there, right? It was like, we're like planning a wedding. It was like, did, did we even officially, did I do the knee, the ring? Like none of that happened, but like we just kind of knew we were going to get married. And so for me at that time in my life, I was just wrapping up college. I went to school for ministry to be a pastor. And so I was working at, at a small church, actually not too far from here. And uh, they didn't have the finances to bring me on. And so I, I was making like a whopping $7,000 a year was my annual salary. That's right, baby. Come on, somebody. Ministry, it's where the money's at. Uh, I was also working another job, obviously, um, but I just, I, I was broke. Let's just be honest. Right out of college, just just broke. I was still living at home in the basement in my parents' house. Um, things were going really well. I don't know why Christy wanted to marry me, to be honest. You just know that she's the one when she says yes to that hot mess. And so, uh, I, for me, I wanted to do something special, and I, I really, in my heart, wanted to get Christy a ring. And so, I, I had found out that for her. She re, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about that. A guy who finds a, a wife finds something more precious than rubies. And so I wanted to get her a wedding band, a wedding ring that had a diamond and had rubies on it. And so we take that hunt and we start looking for it. Now here's what you've got to understand. My mom taught me many things, but my mom taught me really well when she taught me how to shop for diamonds. Now, there are not too many 20-something guys who can, and I remember, my mom taught me like the clarity chart, taught me the, the color of the diamond. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you talk about, the diamond, diamond. Oh, no, baby. A diamond is not a diamond. There are things that very specifically, subtle things that make a diamond very much more expensive, right? And so my mom taught me all of this. Now, I'll never forget, I, I have all this knowledge now, and I remember it walking to the mall at Robinson, there's this jewelry store, and these, these poor, innocent women behind the counter, 20-something-year-old Brian comes in, they, they're looking at all the diamonds, and, they're, and you're just like, can we help you? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, yeah, do you have anything like a one-carat princess cut color about E to F of VVSI to one, two, and I'm like rattling off all the stats. Their eyes get like this big, and they're like, oh, just hold on one moment. They go back to the safe. They bring the real diamonds out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, not the stuff in the display case. They're like, this is the good stuff, right? You know, like, see your ID before you can even like look at the diamonds, right? And I, I, of course, I was broken. I couldn't afford any of them, but I got to look at them that day, and so I find the ring. I find what I want to get. I, I, it's, the, it's the cut. It's the clarity. It's the, it's the perfect diamond. It's got the rubies on it, and I'm broke. I, I can't do this. And I'm like, man, I really want to do this. You know, I've, I've called her dad. I've asked her if I can, I can marry her, right? And he was like, yeah, you can marry her. And th by the way, this wasn't my thing. It was hers. You didn't have to ask permission. I'm like, oh, this, this is a good start. Okay. Uh, so it, it's a true story. That's how it went. Um, they, they obviously loved us, but they were saying, hey, that's just respecting Christy's wishes to ask. And so I did. And uh, I wanted to get this ring, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm broke. And uh, I was speaking at this church, and they happened to take an offering for me at the end, which was pretty unexpected. It wasn't something normally that happened. And after it was over, they came up, and they gave me a check. And I, I will never forget opening this envelope and seeing this check amount, which was almost exactly what I needed to buy this ring for Christy. And I could 
couldn't believe it. I, I, was, I was almost in shock. And I remember the guy who had uh, the treasurer of the church who gave me the check and he's like, you know, he's like, wow, I bet you're surprised. I'm like, you have no idea how surprised I am. You, no one could have known that that's what was going on, that I, I was wanting to do this and to, to honor Christy and to, you know, present this ring to her with the rubies on it that just meant so much. And so I was actually able to buy it for her. I remember I bought it online back in the deal. That was a big deal. And I got it and it came in the mail and I like showing my brothers, right? And my cousin was over and I showed them, I'm like knock on their door and I go and I'm like, check it out. This is, you know, I got it for Christy. My cousin's like, sweet. Did you get that at Walmart? I'm like, son, no, I didn't get this at Walmart. I'm like, no, come on. Which I, they might have fine jewelry. I don't know. They weren't on my list. But anyway, I was like, no, I didn't get this at, at Walmart. I got it at Kmart. Um, and so we... <laughs> And so it was so great. I was able to propose. Some of you know the story. I don't have time to get into any of it. It has to do with an Easter bunny costume. Um, it's, it's a great proposal story, I promise you. I don't have time to get any of it. But see, when we see and we hear about things like that, we have to wonder sometimes, is it an answer to prayer or is it just simply a coincidence? And I, I truly believe that God does intervene in our lives in a personal way. And for me, at that time, what really got my attention was like, man, God knows who I am. And that God knows about me and he's interested in my life. The God of all creation, the God who made the heavens and earth, everything out there, he knows me, he cares about me. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way or you've had that question, does, does God even know me? Does he even care? Does he, does he know my pain? Or just, are you even listening, God? Are you seeing what's going on down here? And sometimes we even ask ourselves the question, is, is there a God at all? And if there is, is he involved in our life? Is he just kind of like created it all and set it in motion? Then he's just kind of, hey, whatever happens, happens. Or is he really involved and personally involved in our life? See, as we take a look at the Christmas story, I want to jump in here to Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2, and take a look at the Christmas story and take a look how God personally intervenes in our life. It says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So we see this here, and many of you maybe have heard the story of Christmas, or you have enough knowledge of the nativity and how it works, that there were the magi, or the wise men, as some translations will call them. And these, these were men of science, right? They were, they were scholarly. They, they would have understood all kinds of things. Um, they were even really into theology. So they, they really studied all different kinds of things intellectually. They really would have understand things, even like with the solar system and the stars and astrology, they would have been into all of that. And so they were really men who were wise. They were smart. They had a, a lot of wisdom. But here's the interesting thing about this story is that we've talked about a guy named Daniel before, and you may have be familiar with the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And there was a guy named Daniel who years ago, who was actually a follower of God, he would have been in the region where these wise men would have came from, but very much before this time. And so there is some thought that maybe David, and there's no way to prove this, but David himself, not Daniel, not David, Daniel would have been a wise man. He would have been considered one of these magi, and he wrote some prophecies about the birth of Jesus. So it could be very well that where they heard this, this story, this legend, this prophecy about Jesus coming, and that's where these guys come from, from the east. And we don't know how many there were, but there was just a group of them that came. It picks up in Matthew 2, 9 and 10. It says this, after this interview, the wise men went on their way. They just spoke to King Herod. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. 
When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. So here we got to understand that this isn't just probably some typical star. It's like, I don't know if you've ever, like, you know, like the Big Dipper, you know, like the North Star, like it doesn't really move, right? I mean, it's there and it rotates around, but it's not going to like lead you somewhere. So this was like a supernatural sign that they were following, almost like one of those spotlights that is like, boom, like on Jesus's house, that they were able to follow it. And they followed this supernatural sign, this star that pointed them to where Jesus would be. And then they were overfilled with joy, which I would imagine coming on this long journey, thinking that you're probably crazy, like wigging out following the star that's moving around. But no, they show up, they're overfilled with joy to know that Jesus is there. And then it continues in verse 11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother. They saw Jesus, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so these are the gifts that they gave him. And we know about the Magi. We know about the wise men, right? I mean, you know, I mean, there's always like, there's the one that's down like this, right? Holding his gift. And there's the one that's like, you know, like this. And then there's the one like this. You know what I'm talking about? There's the three of them there. And so that, that's who we're talking about today, the ones that brought the gifts. And sometimes it can be a little confusing. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the things that they brought. And, and gold kind of makes sense, right? I mean, kind of for a baby, or I guess gold's a good gift at any time. But take a look at this. If you're wondering why they got the frankincense and myrrh, um, it's because, you know, if you're going to buy gold, others have also bought frankincense and myrrh. That's kind of, it's funny, right? You guys are like, come on, Brian, you're killing me today. That's what it, but no, uh, back, back to Matthew 2, 11, they, they brought them, they opened the treasure chest, they gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what does that mean? Well, they are symbolic, See, they brought him gold. And what did that mean? Gold, he was a, a king, right? He was kingly. And so that, that, that gold symbolized that, that he was the king of the world. They brought him um, frankincense, which is something that was used to worship a deity, showing that he was indeed God. And they brought him myrrh, which was probably the most unusual, but it was something that was used to anoint dead bodies, showing that the sacrifice um, that he was going to become. And actually, it was something that was like a curative medicine as well. Think of like essential oils. It was something that was used to cure pain. And what did that mean? It was showing that Jesus was going to be a cure for a broken world. So indeed, yes, there is some heavy symbolism in this, the gifts that he gave them. But something that we might miss is that this was actually a practical gift for Mary and Joseph. It was actually God saying, I I know you. I know what's about to happen in your life and in your story, and I'm going to be there. And here's what I want us to get today, is that God is designing solutions for problems you didn't even know that you had. God is designing solutions for problems you didn't even know that you had. And see, here's what happened in the story as it continues. The Magi, the wise men, they give the gifts to Jesus and Mary and Joseph. They find out that King Herod is so angry that he wants to kill whoever this newborn king is. So they have to flee. They go home a different way to avoid Herod. They're not going to tell him where Jesus is. Apparently he can't see the star, but everyone else can. And so, they, and so then what happens is then Joseph wakes up. He gets given a dream. God tells him, hey, Herod's going to be after you. You've got to flee. You've got to go. You've got to run. And so that's exactly what they do. They pick up and they go and they run. They flee to Egypt. And what would they need while they're on the run? They would probably need some resources, right? 
I remember one time, and I've shared some stories like this before, and I'm so thankful that I was a part of a church and that was generous when I was growing up and that I had parents who displayed and modeled generosity for me. And um, it's something that God honestly really dealt with me as I was a young man, even as a teenager. And I remember this one time, there was this young couple who were in my church, and at this point, I believe I was in early high school. I don't remember what time. It was a long time, over 20 years ago. And uh, I, I just, there was this young couple, young married, struggling really difficultly financially, very young children. It was Christmas season. I just remember God telling me, hey, I, I want you to bless them. I honestly don't even remember where the money came from that I was going to bless them. I don't know if it was Christmas, but I honestly don't remember. I was probably working a job at that time. Uh, and so I, I remember the little white envelope that they'd give you at the bank. And it was like, you know, had the little Christmas wreath on it and everything. And, and so I wanted to be anonymous and I wasn't sure how this was going to work out because I didn't want them to know that I was doing that. I didn't want anyone to know. I wasn't doing it so people would think I was awesome. I just really felt God wanted me to do it. And so I remember after service, it was an evening service, Wednesday night service. Come on, somebody, when we used to have church on Wednesday nights and on Sundays and on Sunday mornings twice and then Sunday school. That was a different era, right? And so uh, they, they, he goes and pulls up his car, and it's winter. It's cold outside. It's Christmas time, and he runs in to get the family. Perfect moment. The car is running. Um, I go ahead and open the door, throw the envelope on the um, seat, and I slide away on the ice, right? Slip under the car, get run over. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I put it in there, shut the door. No one knows. Um, they get the money, and I, I remember just feeling the joy of knowing that that was going to bless them. And, and I, I thought that I had done it in a pretty crafty way. And I know no one saw me. No one was out there. But I'll never forget later that week, my dad comes up to me. And he's somehow new as parents do. Come on, what is that? And he's like, Brian, you, you did that, didn't you? You, you gave them that money. And I, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I thought he was going to be like mad and in trouble. And I remember him just being so happy and so thankful. And I remember in that moment, the joy that it gave me. And they talk about that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I remember what a lesson that was for me of seeing how God could use someone, even as a teenager that doesn't have a lot of resources to bless someone. And that cash can be a great gift for Christmas, right? Anyone wouldn't mind getting cash for Christmas? Am I the only one? Anyone in here? A few of you? Okay, well, there you go. They just, if anyone's still on your shopping list, they just told you they like green. So there you go. You're good to go. Just helped you out. See, we're, we're practical here at Treeline. But see, here's what we got to catch today. Mary and Joseph were on the run. Matter of fact, they didn't have a lot of resources. They even thought that they were pretty poor themselves and they needed cash. So what did they do? They sold that gold, that frankincense and that myrrh while they were on run in Egypt. God is a very practical God and he was involved. And see, he was saying, you don't even know that you're going to have to be on the run yet, Mary and Joseph. But now I'm going to send these wise men. I'm going to send these mad who were carrying the check that you need in order to escape from Herod to continue the story so that Jesus can live so that he could be the savior of the world. See, they didn't even know they had the problem and God was providing the answers. See, friends, God knows your name before you pray the prayer. He knows the situation you're in before you even know that you are going to get into it. So for us, there's two things today that I want to leave us with this impression and remind us this for this Christmas season is this. First, God answers prayer. If you don't believe me, just try it. Just call out to him. Know that you can rest in him. Know that you can trust God, that, that he's got it, that he's got you. And matter of fact, Jesus is mobilizing the answer to our greatest need. And see, we may not even realize it. We don't recognize it, but every single one of us is in need of a savior. 
Every single one of us need Jesus. We, we can't be good enough. We can't earn God's forgiveness. We can't earn his love, right? That sounds terrible, but here's the good news. We don't have to. Why? Because Jesus made a way for us to be forgiven. He has made it all right. See, friends, only we could think sometimes that when we read stories like this, it could be like, well, God only does stuff for like people in the Bible. Like, of course, he's going to do that for Mary and Joseph. I mean, it's Jesus. Of course, he's going to take care of them. And then we hear about how that can happen for me. And it's like, well, of course, Brian, you're, you're a pastor, right? Well, of course, God does stuff like that for people like you. But he doesn't do it for ordinary people who are not in a ministry, who are not in the Bible, who are not pastors. But what you've got to understand is that God does this for ordinary and regular people just like you and me me. It's not just people that we read in the Bible that he does this for every single one of us. I've shared this story before, and you may have heard it share me share it once. Maybe you've never heard me share this, but there was another time that God used me to bless someone financially, and it was really tough for me. It was a little later in life. I was in college. Uh, I was working for the summer, and there was a guy, it was a coworker of mine, and it was actually one of my last days. It was actually my absolute last day at this job before I went back to college. And uh, he was sharing with me a guy. He wasn't in my department. I didn't know him very well. I could just really see, just, you know, ever have a conversation with someone, you can just really see, like, they, this is not like bad day, like just really down and out, really down and out, just really like, how did you even show up at work today? Just things were not going well. And I remember God speaking to me so clearly that I was supposed to take my last paycheck, go cash it, and give it to this guy. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, God, that's great, but I'm the broke college student. Can you please ask anyone else? Like, ask one of the managers. Like, I saw their car. It looks like they're doing great. Like, can they give him the Christmas bonus? Like, not the broke college student, Lord. Use someone else. But I remember feeling that impression so strongly that I was supposed to do this. And, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, man. And at this point, I'm like really nervous, too, because I don't even know I'm like, this is going to be super weird. Like, who does this? And I just felt so strongly that God even wanted to tell him that God loved him, and that he knew his name, that he knew what was going on in his life. And so I relented. I got that last check. I went and catch it. I drove back to work. And I'm like, this is not going to work. How am I even going to, I'm supposed to just go in there. Excuse me for a moment. And you're like, how am I going to, I kid you not, as I'm arguing with God, figuring out how this is going to go, I pull up in the back. The dude walks out the back door by himself. I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, I just drove off, kept the money. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, all right, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I psyched myself up because if you know me, I'm not like the like, hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, I'm just not. You know, this is not me. And so I get out of the car. I walk up to him. I start explaining to him what I felt God wanted me to do, that I wanted to give him this, this gift. Um, and I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life as I hand him the envelope. At first, he's like, no, 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 I'm not taking this. I can't. He was so reluctant. I'm like, you have to. God says this is for you. And I'll just never forget this hardened guy. I don't know if he ever stepped a foot, church, foot in a church in his whole life. I don't even know if he was following Jesus. I don't know his story at all. I just remember the tears coming down his face. And he's like, you have no idea what this means. You have no idea the timing of this gift. And he proceeded to tell me how his daughter was sick and they were struggling with some medical bills. And then while this was all going on and why he was having such a tough day that he had some friends that were over helping them at the house and helping his family and their cars were robbed. And he felt so bad and responsible and couldn't help them out in this moment. He's just like, I can't believe this. There has to be a God. How, how could this possibly happen? No one could have ever have known that. And I remember I was like getting emotional at that point, trying to keep it together. I'm like, it's cool, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know, how can you not? I mean, it's just, this was just a powerful moment. I remember getting in my car, driving away. And I remember just 
in that moment, just recognizing and seeing, look, look, that God could use someone like me. And that really brings us to the second point today as we wrap up. The first thing was, is know that God knows your name and he's got you. The second thing that I wanna leave you with today is this, is that you may be the answer to someone else's prayer. Just like God used those wise men to help Mary and Joseph in their next step, just like God used a small church to take an offering for me, never knowing what I was going through, wanting to provide for my future wife and bless her. Just like there was a guy who I worked with who God used me to speak to him in such a clear way that he knew there was a God and that God loved him and knew his name. You may be the answer to someone else's prayer. And it might have nothing to do with money. It might have nothing to do with finances, but there might be someone out there who has been praying. They need a friend. They need to know someone cares about them. They just need someone to acknowledge them. And maybe God is calling you to be the answer to that prayer this season. Maybe there's someone who just needs to know that someone's praying for them, thinking about them, and they're just waiting. And you have no idea what that one text message will mean this week to them, knowing that someone's thinking about them, someone's praying for them. Maybe you're the answer to someone's prayer by serving. And there's so many different ways that we serve here at Treeline, maybe getting involved, serving in our kids' ministry, serving in hospitality. And they're just some people who need to know and come and experience God at church. And God will use you to be the answer for their prayer in their life. See, friends, there are still signs like that star that was pointing. And it might not be as obvious as a star pointing and shining down on us. But see, maybe it was a friend inviting you to church today. Maybe that was the star that was guiding you to him, knowing that he's here for you. Maybe it was coming to church for the first time in a long time. Maybe, maybe today it's that Holy Spirit, it's that small voice inside of you that's nudging you. And here's what you've got to know. It's not just simply a thought, but it's an act of surrender saying, God, I surrender my life to you. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have to worship you today. God, I pray that we would be reminded in these two things, God, that we would know that you work in our lives. God, that you were an interactive God, that you were not some distant God out there far away in the galaxy, but God, that you were an up-close personal God waiting to intervene in our life. God, providing solutions to problems that we didn't even know that we had. Lord, I pray that we would have the faith and the trust to step out and seek you, to pray to you, call out to you. God, to believe, God, that you were going to intervene in our lives. And God, I also pray today that, Lord, as we're reminded, God, that you work in people's lives, that God, you love working through people. God, you love working through people like me, that you love, God, you love working through people like everyone in this room today, God, those listening online, Lord, that you want to use us, God, that we can be the answer to a prayer in someone else's life. And God, when we begin to get a taste of that, Lord, it's amazing and what an awesome feeling and the joy that it brings us knowing that we heard you and that you used us to bless someone else in such an amazing and powerful way, even in the seemingly small and insignificant ways. Today, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never come to a relationship with him before. Maybe you have prayed that prayer and something happened. Maybe you just, life began to happen. Maybe the hurts came. Maybe there were struggles and there were questions. And I don't know what the reason is. And honestly, it doesn't matter because God still loves you. He has never stopped loving you. 
Here's what I know to be true. You can't earn your way to a relationship with God. You can't earn a way to heaven. You can't earn that way. You can't do it good enough. It's not about being good. It's not about being bad. It's not about coming to church enough. It's not about saying all the right things and doing all the things. It's not about the rules. It's about a relationship. It's about a God who loves you more than anything and provided a solution to a problem you didn't even know that you had. We needed a savior and he sent his son, Jesus the Christmas miracle, the Christmas gift, so that you could have a relationship with him. Today, while everyone's headed bowed and your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, if that's you today for the first time or maybe that you just need to recommit your life to him, would you just slip your hand up today and say, remind, keep me in that prayer today, include me in that prayer. Awesome, I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, repeat after me so we'll pray together out loud so that no one has to pray alone. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for giving your life for me. Come into my heart. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we cheer for those who made a decision to come to Jesus today? Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.